Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 117th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we are here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we're going to start it off with a bit of news that features so many great people from this community with some really awesome news to look forward to. After that, we have the seventh installment of Extinction Level Jurassic Park, which features some of the biggest bits of Easter eggs and tie-ins to the Jurassic series yet. It's pretty insane how much Arjun is packed into this episode. There's a lot of Sorna revelations in this one, so stay tuned. But after episode 7 of Extinction Level, I'll give a quick after show of the segment, wrapping up some of the coolest moments and some of my thoughts on the ongoing series. Trust me, there's a lot. Following that, we have a very special installment of Jurassic Pop Quiz with one of the hosts, Steve Hurl, and I guess you can call this one Jurassic Pop Quiz Kids Edition because Steve quizzes a five-year-old and a six-year-old with what is potentially one of the cutest segments I have ever heard. Stay tuned for that one. You won't want to miss it. And to round out the show, we have another poll segment where I asked everybody in the community what surprise reveal in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom would you like to see the most? Now, contributor Aaron Beyer joins me to read through some of the best responses. It's an interesting question to put out there, and I think we got a ton of great responses, so stay tuned for that one. So this is one of the most packed contributor episodes we have, and it also features so many great people from around the community. So why don't we get this episode started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me, program. Access me, security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head been right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Friend of the podcast and somebody you've actually heard here all the way back in episode 30, Jurassic Collectibles has released his take on the night vision goggles from Jurassic Park. Now, you've probably seen replicas all around before, but JC has built the first working replica that features the zoom in and out feature on those goggles. The light turns on. They look spot on from what you see in the movie. And that's because he scoured the internet, watched so many videos, and learned from people who built these things what exactly went into making them. And he actually got all those pieces, built them himself. It took a lot of time. He 3D printed stuff, I believe, and he scoured all over for old cameras that he could use for the lenses. He painted everything himself, and now he has what is the first working replica. These things are absolutely awesome. He's dubbed them the Goat Finder Mark I, which is obviously the the best name you could come up with for these things. Um, If you want to, you could actually make your own. He's got the, the specs here all laid out so you can find these pieces yourself and eventually put them under the seat of your car when in, in, you know maybe you're you're out against a fence one day and you're wondering where the goat is and you just want to pull them out and put them on and guess what they are heavy so you could use them for yourself he has a full video on what he did to make these things and also Tom Fishenden who wor- who works on the podcast here and writes a lot of stuff for our website now he actually wrote a full article on this and he detailed it there's some pictures and also the video so if you want to find the video You can see it on our website and also in our show notes. More friends of the podcast here. Everything Jurassic is releasing new video series called The InGen Files, where they document everything and talk all about the Jurassic Park franchise. It looks like there's going to be a new episode every Friday, and we'll focus on documenting the entire Jurassic Park series story-wise, and will be kind of like a Wikipedia, but in a video form. So far, it looks like they're going to be discussing the characters, dinosaurs, locations, and basically anything from the films, and it's going to be an amazing source for all the Jurassic Park fans out there. 
Over on Everything Jurassic Park's YouTube page, InGen Files, Ryan and Roland have already introduced their first episode describing what it is, and uh, there's going to be plenty more where that came from. So head to our show notes to find the link to their YouTube page, and I'll also post the video right there for you to see. Lastly, here in the news, we have another friend of the podcast. You know her, Victoria's Cantina. She has a special announcement for everybody listening, and she's also made the announcement herself, but she is doing round three of her Jurassic Park week. Here's a bit of information from her release. Following up on the Lost World week and Jurassic Park Series 2 week from 2016, Victoria's Cantina announces Jurassic Park week. This third Kenner Jurassic Park themed week will kick off on Victoria Cantina's YouTube channel on Monday, October 9th at 6 p.m. Pacific standard time. Jurassic Park Week will feature entertaining new videos with new guests from the Jurassic Park community including J.P. Carnotaur, Ted Brothers, and the Jurassic Collection. This time, things will be a little bit different. In honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, all proceeds received from ad revenue for Jurassic Park Week videos will be donated to the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure Research Initiative. All you have to do is tune into Jurassic Park Week, and if you like, go beyond just watching the videos. You can donate directly to the Susan G. Komen Foundation or to Victoria's Cantina. Victoria will include your donation along with all proceeds collected on November 22nd, 2017. For details on donating, contact Victoria's Cantina via email, YouTube, or social media. And don't forget to tune in on October 9th. So this is an absolute amazing thing that Victoria is doing here um, all the Jurassic Park fans that listen to this that watch her videos that are just out there maybe they didn't know about this let them know share it around like subscribe retweet do all that stuff and uh, watch these videos make sure that you know all the proceeds that from you watching and doing everything that you can do go to breast cancer awareness. I am super excited to see what everybody puts together, JP Carnotaur, Ted Brothers, the Jurassic Collection, and Victoria, so stay tuned for Jurassic Park Week. Oh, there it is. There it is. And now, let's dive into Episode 7 of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Previously on Extinction Level Jurassic Park. It's the little girl. I fear for my animals. I'd like to continue my own research on this, but I'd need my data from outside beef facility. Go to sauna. Save my animals, Henry. John Hammond died today. Ms. Ronnie Global now owns International Genetics. Murphy! Hey, I know you. You're Mr. Ms. Ronnie, right? I want to make you a proposition. I need someone I can trust on the team that's overseeing the island security. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. People living on Isla Madanceras having troubles. I need to go there. These really are engine dinosaurs. We're gonna have a big problem on our hands. Episode 7 Departure. In the early morning, Marty Guterres walks towards a running helicopter, standing ready for takeoff from an airport in Costa Rica. He is followed by Jorge Mendez, who shortly discusses something with the pilot. Then he nods the okay to Guterres. Thanks for arranging this, Jorge. I know this must have been difficult in this such short time. No problema. Marty climbs aboard, gives a last wave at Jorge and slams the door shut. Immediately the helicopter starts to move into the air, to head for Isla Matanceros. The noise of the helicopters continues as more helicopters are waiting for clearance, but Jorge does not give this any attention. He walks back to the terminal, where his path crosses that of a woman, carrying a brownish backpack on her back, and a small black tape-covered box in her hands. She almost bumps into him. He salutes her, and walks on. The woman continues in the opposite direction, making her way to the helicopters on the platform, where another man recognizes her coming towards them. Dr. Harding! Sarah Harding waves back to signal she's seen him, and when she reaches the helicopters, she hands the package to Masrani. I was asked to give you this! Ah, yes. Henry will be pleased. Thank you. Come on, get aboard. Masrani opens the helicopter door for Sarah, and she sees Tim Murphy waiting inside. I believe you know Tim Murphy. She climbs aboard. Heard of? Ian Malcolm told me about you. Pleased to meet you. You helped my grandfather on sauna before, right? Yes. How is Dr. Malcolm? Sarah takes her seat and tightens her seatbelt easily. Oh, he's alright, I guess. Always busy, you know. Masrani closes the door behind Sarah and walks around to the front passenger side and gets into. Sarah, this is Raymond, our pilot. Raymond, now this is the famous Dr. Sarah Harding. She published that book on dinosaur parenting behavior. Raymond looks quickly back and gives Sarah a nod. Gerald's daughter, right? Sarah smiles back and gives a slight nod as confirmation. 
Raymond returns his attention to the control panel in front of him, signaling control tower, requesting permission to take off. Sarah looks back at Tim, who immediately fires off a question. What brings you back to Isla Sona? My father, as a matter of fact. He's helping Dr. Wu with the animals on the island. He asked me to come in and help. Maybe take over? I don't know. Raymond confirms to the tower, looks back to see if all have been secured. We're cleared! Hold on! As the blades roar overhead, the helicopter lifts off of the platform and moves off into the distance. From a high control tower, a man in a dark green military uniform wearing his medals is overlooking the jungle, stretching out into the distance with an endless ocean beyond. The man turns around, looking back at three casually dressed control workers and the view on the other side of the control tower, a small village surrounded by high walls with at the far end a fixed up engine operations building which had been the rescue point for John Hammond's investigative team four years earlier. One of the control workers puts down his headset looking up at the man who's their commander. Sir, I received word from Mr. Masrani. They landed in Costa Rica. Their ETA? Three hours. Good. On a monitor in front of the third worker, something started bleeping, indicated by a red point moving over a map of the islands known as Las Cinco Muertes. Sir, do you see this? An aircraft approaching? One of us? I don't think so. Hail them! You know the drill, we're San Juan Approach! Unidentified aircraft approaching Isla Sorna. This is San Juan Approach. You're flying in restricted airspace. Immediately turn to coordinates to zero. What the hell? What happened? They broke communication. Follow their signal. Let me know if they land on the island. The commander picks up a telephone and presses the top speed dial button. <sighs> Vic? Yeah, it seems we got some more unwelcome visitors. Aircraft. Probably going for the landing strip. Yeah, have your team ready. Good. Yeah, I'll let you know. He hangs up. What is it with these rich bastards? Think they can do anything they want. And then they die. Like with that speedboat we found a few weeks ago. Exactly. This is Arian Boss, and I want to thank you, the listeners, to all the great feedback we've been receiving, which keeps me highly motivated to continue on these episodes. I hope you enjoyed this new fan-packed episode in which we listen to Jurassic Unicast James Hawkins as Marty Guterres, Hector Salazar Valle as Jorge, Hemant Mishra as Simon Masrani, the Bryce Dallas Howard Network Jennifer Tarek as Sarah Harding, Tom Fishenden as Raymond the Pilot, Jurassic Outpost Jack Delamere as the Sona Commander, and Jay Jurassic Timothy Glover and our host Brad Jost as the three Sona Control Workers. A huge thank you to these fans for participating, and as always I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you still wish to participate, there are still a few roles available for which you can contact me on Twitter. At BOS underscore ARJAN. And until the next episode of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Wow, guys, so this one was one of my favorite episodes of Extinction Level Jurassic Park called Departure. Um, I don't know if you guys picked up on all the little Easter eggs and hidden clues and and different things talked about in this episode, but there is a lot to go over. Um, First off, this episode kind of starts off slowly. Uh, Gutierrez is heading to Isla Manaceras, and uh, we get the introduction of Sarah Harding, being played by Jennifer Tarek, which is awesome. Um, And of course, we hear that she is carrying her lucky pack And that's where this episode really takes off. Sarah Harding meets up with Mizrani, delivers a package to him for Dr. Wu. I don't know what's in there yet. Uh, Maybe maybe I missed that, but I don't think we know what's in there just yet. Um, But it looks like she's going to be joining them, joining this team that we heard about before that's traveling to Sorna. Um, uh, We we heard Mizrani trying to coax uh, Tim Murphy into going for security reasons to Sorna, and now we find out that he apparently coaxed Sarah Harding into going, and the last time we saw her was at the end of the Lost World, uh, asleep, watching TV there, um, but she enters the helicopter, she notices Tim Murphy, they have this little banter back and forth, she's heard about him, of course, through Malcolm, and she does mention that Malcolm is always busy, so that's what he's been up to recently, I don't know, he's just busy. Um, but uh, we find out that Harding has published a book on dinosaur parenting behavior. Um, obvious, that's kind of an obvious uh, reveal there because of all her work on Sorna documenting these animals and obviously 
showcasing the the parent relationship between these dinosaurs the rexes specifically there was a lot that went on there and it probably impacted her a lot she wrote a book about it um but we find out that she's going to the island um because of her father and we know her father jerry harding from jurassic park actually there wasn't an initial connection there um really in the movies uh, showcasing that they're related, I don't believe. Now, Jerry is the guy that was, you know, tending to the sick triceratops, and he's her reasoning for returning returning to Sorna. Uh, apparently, he has been helping Dr. Rue with the animals on the island, probably getting them into place or, you know, corralling them. That's kind of seemed like what he was doing before, uh, making sure they're not sick and stuff like that. But it seems like maybe Sarah is going to take over his position. She didn't really seem to know, I guess. She was kind of confused as to what was going on, too. But from there, I guess the helicopters take off, and they're probably on their way to Sorna. Um, and it transitions to the next scene, which is in a high control tower in a jungle near an ocean. And there's a man in there and a few control workers. We don't know much about them at the moment. But uh, you get a, a, a quick hint that this is actually on Sorna itself. They mentioned that there's a small workers' village, uh, the same operations building where the team was rescued in the Lost World at the end. But the main thing in, in all those Easter eggs that we heard about just previously, they ramp up again. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught up on this yet, but um, they noticed that there's an unidentified aircraft approaching Sorna. I guess that's what these guys' jobs are, to, to notice that there's stuff... Um, coming in and tell them to back off because this is restricted. We know it's restricted. Um, so they notice this aircraft coming in. They call out to the aircraft, but the plane breaks communications with the control tower, which is pretty interesting. I, I believe we've uh, seen another plane kind of go into the restricted area when they weren't supposed to. So is this a connection? I, I believe it is. I think there's a connection there from uh, Jurassic Park 3. And it also... Um, uh, the one of the guys in there, he the, I guess the commander calls to Vic Hoskins, which is another interesting revelation there, to ready a team to intercept the aircraft, which is apparently going to the air airstrip. Um, they also mentioned finding a speedboat that was wrecked off the island. So yeah, let's be honest, we're we're treading into Jurassic Park three territory here. We we finished Dra uh, the Lost World. We kind of like showcased a little bit of what happened at the end of that movie behind the scenes on the screen and then it, it it's kind of bridging the gap and now we're heading into Jurassic Park 3 territory it's just really awesome to hear what happened on the other side of, of that communication to the airplane that Grant and the, the Kirby's are on so this is interesting to see what happens and if those characters play into this at all so I suggest go back and listen to that because if you didn't catch all those references Go back and listen because they come at you super fast. There's a lot going on there. So many awesome people from the community in this episode. A few that you might remember here from the podcast or have heard about before here on the podcast. James Hawkins, Jennifer Tarek, Tom Fishenden, Jay Jurassic, myself, I was in there, Jack Delamere, and Tim Glover. Like I said, this was my favorite episode so far. I've already listened to it a few times, and I'm not just saying that I, I'm, I'm loving these, be, you know, because I'm here on the podcast, because it's here. Um, I actually love all these. They're so interesting, so much fun to bridge that gap between the different movies and make our way all the way to Jurassic World. See how all these dots connect. I really love it. So that was episode seven. Stay tuned for episode eight in a few weeks. Good reason to believe that you would find this challenging. You should hear a four-year-old try to say Archaeornithomimus. You should hear you try to say even problem-solving intelligence, especially the big one. Well, this madness must stop now. Are you, sir? I know, gentlemen. How did you know? <laughs> one drop of this can paralyze you, so watch out. Thank God. Is this real? Yes. It is? Jurassic Pop Quiz with Jurassic Unicast. Hello and welcome back to Jurassic Unicast. I've got a special little thing today where we're doing a Jurassic pop quiz, but instead of we're doing it with the Jurassic community, I'm interviewing a five-year-old and a six-year-old to see what their views are on Jurassic Park. So I'm joined here today with Jennifer and Lucas. Say hello. Hello. Hi. What's up? Hi. <laughs> That's alright, you can say what you like. Right. So, you all like Jurassic Park? Yeah. Yeah? Um, of course, yes. Of course, yes. What is your favourite film out of all of them? Um, 
number. Do you like the original Jurassic oh, Park? I like the number one because like the person gets eaten in, in the toilet because it's really funny because they climb the toilet. Um, yeah. I think my number ten is number, number two. two. You like number two? Yeah. The Lost World. Yeah. Yeah, with the two dress with the two T Rexes. Yeah, and also he also gets eaten by the toilet. No, that's Jurassic Park one. No, um, he, uh, but one boy just got eaten and. And the hole in the toilet. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, this may happen quite a lot in this one. Right. So, shall we kick it off? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll, leave, I'll ask you both together. What is your favourite dinosaur from the Jurassic Park films? Mine is the Dominus Rex. From... Mine is a um nothing. Nothing. You told me it was Velociraptor. Mine's the favourite. My favourite is Indominus Rex. Yeah? Why do you like the Indominus Rex? It's just because really it's big and white. Yeah? And it's got sharp teeth. Oh, right. Wow. Where are you going, Jennifer? So, Jennifer, your favourite was the Velociraptor. Why is that? Um, because I hate it so much. Because you hate it so much? Is it scary? Uh, no, I like it. No, you are wrong. I like it. The um, raptor. The raptors. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Right. Who is your favourite character from the films? Mine is Lex. Lex. What's my character again? I like. John Hammond. And John Hammond. And I can't remember what's his name. Yeah. John. John Bay. Hammond, and you like. Owen. Oh, yeah. Owen from Jurassic World. And you like Lex. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, this one's a bit of a funny one. This one's a bit of a funny one. Can you sing the theme tune to Jurassic Park? I Go. Alright, that's very good apart from the butthole added in there. <laughs> right. It's funny. Right, this one is from Jurassic World. That's hard. But can you say Archaeonithomimus? Archaeonithomimus. Sorry, what was that, Jennifer? Archaeonithomimus. 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 I don't, I don't know how to say that word. Oh, I can right. Oh, that was good. Very good. I can see why they named it Indominus Rex. Right. If you could create a dinosaur, what would it look like? Um, it would have a big fat T-Rex head and a little teeny body. Yeah. Little, a big fat arm and little legs. Yeah, what would you call it? The fat... Little T Rex. The fat little T Rex. Yeah. Thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny? Jenny. Jenny, why Jen? are you scared? Right, come on. If you were to create a dinosaur, what would it look like? Um, I would mean, have uh, a big skinny body, like. Um, like. Um, it's all skinny and, and it has no blood, no bones. <laughs> so it's just a weird floppy thing. Yeah. Weird floppy dinosaur. What would you call it? The floppy saurus. Okay. Floppy Mickey. Floppy Mickey. I'll call. I actually my mind. I want to do mine floppy. Floppy. So my uh, we call mine. We call the floppy saurus. Oh right, that's the floppy good. Floppy saurus. Right. We floppy saurus. So and he's a saurus. He's got a saurus in his nose. So floppy saurus. You don't have to jump everywhere to get people. And he has to like swallow the, the whole person up to it. And, and he has to like... Does weird little shaking. Oh, yours is doing the worm across the floor. Yeah. It's going to flop me. And yours is doing like a wiggly worm on the floor as well. Yeah. These are really weird dinosaurs. And it only goes like flat like this. Oh right. When it when it goes to when it 
When it the stairs off, that is full over. It's full over there. Oh, oh dear. It's full over his face. Mine goes right here. Oh, ow. Please okay. get me um, out. Uh, and also, it's got no tail, so it can't balance up. Oh, right, okay. Um, what have... sort of roar has it got? <laughs> oh dear. Right, sit back down. Right. Did you play the Lego Jurassic Park game? Yes. I was rubbish at it. You were rubbish at it? Yeah. Um, I would see the T-Rex eat the man the Lego score in it. Oh, right. But also, I, wonder I don't even have it anymore, so I'll say no. You'll say no, but we do have it, we're just, just letting someone else borrow it, aren't we? Yeah. But, but he had it forever. Alright, okay, calm down. Alright. So, what did you like about the Jurassic Park game? I hated it. Yeah, I'm not talking about you. I loved it. You loved it? What actually, was your favourite part? I hated it, actually. Oh, you both hated it? Yes, of course. I didn't get to see the T-Rex bit when the bank is in the, in the Lego toilet. Oh. I wonder in the movie, the man doesn't even have a poo. Oh, right. Because he really pants down, sits down and don't even have a poo. Yeah. He was on there for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah. He didn't get all poo, <laughs> just stay on the... But I was still on the poo in the T-Rex's tummy. Yeah, I think that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you need as well. Yeah. Because you looks like the tummy will ache. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> right. So, last question. If you could have one job in Jurassic Park, what would it be? Um, keeping care of the, um, the, um, Raptors. Oh, Raptors. Mine would be punching the T-Rex. Punching the T-Rex? Yeah. Why would you punch a T-Rex? <laughs> Uh, I want to try to kill my as well the cage and went to England again. Oh, and right. And get out of the country. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the very, very last question. Who would win in a fight? A T-Rex or a Spinosaurus? Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus? Yeah, because the Spinosaurus won in the Jurassic Park 3. Um, yeah. But that's not real. It doesn't really happen. T-Rex is better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. T-Rex! T-Rex! What, what about the Dominus Rex against T-Rex on this? Yeah, Dominus win. Yeah, but it didn't win, although the T-Rex had help in Jurassic World, didn't it? What if, what if the T-Rex didn't have help? Oh, good question. I think the Indominus would win. Let's see, let's see the one on YouTube. Oh, I don't YouTube know. YouTube just so, I'm not saying anything because it's very, 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 very long. Um, that was the last question. Oh, so we can have ice cream then. <laughs> that was yeah. my bribe, was it? Yeah. 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 Okay, right, you're going to say goodbye then? Goodbye. I'm not oh. I'm, I wouldn't quite comment too close to it. Know That's close. okay. Alright. Well, that was different. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the kids' version of the Jurassic Pop Quiz and depending on how well it goes and if I get them to sit down again for longer than 10 minutes No, no. I'm not doing that We'll try again Alright, well thanks for listening Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! Just went and made a new dinosaur? That doesn't look very scary You are alive So we're back with another poll segment this week. I feel like it's been quite a while since we actually did one of these, but uh, it's a little bit of a special segment. Usually I do these myself, but today I brought in contributor Aaron Beyer here to help me out, kind of sort through all these these insane answers we got. Um, so how you doing, Aaron? I'm doing good, Brad. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm a little under the weather. Uh, maybe you can tell by my voice. I'm a little stuffy, but I think we'll we'll still be able to get through these easy enough. Nah, I can't tell, so I don't think people at home will be able to tell you there. <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, um, for the poll question this week, um, I asked, what surprise reveal would you most like to see in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? I thought it was uh, an interesting question because 
you know, uh, a lot of the stuff stays veiled. You don't necessarily know everything going into the movie. And sometimes there's that moment that surprises you and, and, and uh, you know, is, is something of a shock to you or a twist even. Um, so I was just wondering what people kind of would hope for or expect to see, I guess, in Fallen Kingdom. I don't know if I have any of those <laughs> uh, reveals myself. I don't know if I have a specific one. Do you have anything? Uh, yeah, you know, when I answered uh, back to this, I, oh, yeah, I had I an answer. <laughs> um, I, I have something really small that I want. It doesn't even need to be big. Uh, we have a lot of people like wanting like cameos of actors. Uh, we want people to like, you know, all new dinosaurs and all that stuff. But I actually want something really small, which maybe we can get to later. Um, I I kind of like the idea that Jurassic World is like an all new thing. I don't I don't necessarily personally need to dwell too much on the past. But uh, yeah, we can cover that later. Okay. All right, so why don't we start over here on Twitter? Uh, we got a ton of responses, so let's see. Um, the first one I'm going to do is Fede. Uh, he says, a final scene in which we learn that, for some reason, dinosaurs will breed all over the world, or Lockwood being the Biosyn chief. Now, uh, Lockwood is, is one of the proposed character names, so I, you know that's up in the air at the moment. And he also says a Sam Neill cameo, um, but... Yeah, that's a pretty interesting one. Yeah, you know, I kind of hope that Biosyn does uh, make an appearance in the movie. Uh, yes. As of right now, we don't know anything about that company in the film franchise. It's definitely right now a book thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be cool to see that expanded out in these films. And uh, as far as, like, breeding around the world, I mean, who knows? Uh, it definitely would would match with the title of Jurassic World, and it, which is, you know, they changed it from Jurassic Park specifically because they wanted it to be a more... Uh, world encompassing title but uh, you know Trevorrow has said he's not really building a cinematic universe or anything so who knows uh, you know what that can mean yeah. I, I, I'm always a fan of like doing something like Planet of the Apes uh, minus the talking uh, but <laughs> you know that's already been played out perfectly in Planet yeah. of the Apes and The Walking Dead so who knows exactly can't get much better than that so yeah um, let's move on to another one here do you have one uh so there's a, there's a bunch of people here. So at Saturn Lover 51, uh, Hugh says, uh, I'd like to see Dr. Sattler and Dr. Grant have, have some sort of cameo. Uh, someone else here at, Brando, at Brandon H83 uh, just posted a photo of uh, the actor who plays Tim, uh, much older. Um, as far as like cameos go, I know we're getting Jeff Goldblum. I personally don't need any cameos. Um, I do like the idea that Jurassic World is its own separate uh, thing with you know some history in, in the old movies um to me when you start bringing in all these these actors from the old it, i don't know does it i can't i don't think it cheapens it that's not really the right phrase but it just kind of makes it like we're unable to move on exactly uh, yeah you know from it like uh with harrison ford being in the force awakens um and carrie fisher uh being in the force awakens and um you know presumably uh uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on Luke? his name? The guy that plays Luke Skywalker. Mark Holy Hamill. Crap. Mark <laughs> Hamill, thank you. Uh, you know, he's coming back for the next one. It's like, I like these franchises to be able to move on. Um, I think moving on from the mainstay actors is the way to guarantee longevity in a franchise. But, uh, yeah. you know, uh, people want some of these older actors, so you have to respect that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't care either way. It wouldn't. I wouldn't mind like a quick cameo, like something from the Lost World with Lex and Tim. You know that style of cameo where it has sure. no bearing, you know, on the story. It's just like it's not like somebody's here to save the day or anything like that. Right, and I'm, I've kind of gone on the record as saying that I, I hope Jeff Goldblum's cameo is something along the lines in a scene like the uh, the courtroom sequence from. Iron Man 2, uh, you know, maybe he's testifying about his time on the island or maybe maybe he's being justified in in his old opinions. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like that. Uh, I, I really hope he's not along for the adventure. Um, no offense to Jeff Goldblum. It's <laughs> just, you know, I love him as much as everyone else, but I just uh, he had his he had his, the movie that he starred in. Uh, he had the movie that he was a supporting character in. I just don't know if that character really has much more to add other than like another like i told you so kind of moment yeah and it's funny because now that i look at a lot of these i i haven't even like really screened these before so um i I can tell a lot of people just want characters you know so uh this is funny chris Lanham says um ian has settled down and is in a stable marriage still is crazy but in a domesticated crazy 
So, I mean, that's not, that's just a, you know, what, how we'll see Ian, but uh, yeah, that's a joke. Um, Victoria's Cantina, an ending like we see in Pirates of the Caribbean 2, but instead of Barbosa, it's Grant, Sattler, and Tim, then the credits roll. Now, um, for Pirates of the Caribbean 2, that was like, that was one of those like twist moments that really killed me. I was like, I can't believe it. He's back. Like, this is crazy. Um, I don't know if I would go as crazy this time around, but it'd be interesting. But uh, I just, I like you, like you said, I feel like we should just move on for the time being. Maybe have their cameo in the next one or something like that. See, I kind of like the idea, except for the fact it's like, what are Grant Sattler and Tim like doing, like hanging out? Like, I just like I don't see a I don't <laughs> see a storyline that could like thread them together as like a and we're back kind of situation. And and to me, like with Pirates of the Caribbean two, like Barbosa was kind of this this big thing, but I personally didn't like two or three. So oh man, I know I yeah. I like four better than two and three, which is like the most unpopular opinion ever. Oh, and I still I, haven't I seen see five. that. I, I really like four. I really like five, but yeah, I like um. I like two a lot too. So, but um, we have Caleb Burnett says he wants Dodge, uh, Dodson. Uh, sorry, I, my like clogged nose is making me not say these names. <laughs> um, Arjun Boss says Alan Grant. Matt M says Biosyn. So that's a that's a few interesting ones right there. Yeah, and at uh, Tim uh, eighty four also says Dodson, which to me like Dodson is a character like Wu that I wouldn't mind expanding on that character and and kind of bringing in like you know has he really spent twenty some years like still trying to hunt down this uh, you know this technology wouldn't it have just been easier to like for his own company to like figure it out themselves rather than uh, cor- corporate espionage kind of stuff but mm-hmm. you know if we got an expanded you know kind of character on him you know and the original actor wears glasses throughout the entire scene i think in the original yeah. movie and because we can't get that actor today uh you know why not and it's the same thing with Wu. like i thought it was cool they brought Wu back in the last movie and honestly if his story arc doesn't pick up until the third of this new trilogy um i'd be cool with that or if they just wanted to do it in this uh sequel too that'd be cool too yeah and there's big questions resol- revolving around like is it okay for them to bring back that character knowing like the the actor himself is is kind of a you know not a good guy so it it, it just brings up all this questions of can they do it? it will it create too much questions around the character in the movie and too much drama that they don't need uh i don't know i mean i think the i think the people on this planet that know about this actor and, and kind of what he did are really the people that follow Jurassic yeah. Park. So <laughs> yeah, you're probably like <laughs> to the average audience, I don't think anybody's going to no care. And um, by the time the next one comes around, they won't even know that this character was in the first movie. Like they'll just be like, Oh, it's a new guy. <laughs> it's a different. You character. could, you could completely recast this character like to not even look like the oh, original yeah, actor. Yeah. And I don't think anybody would care. Yeah. Um, this person here at transformers one, three, four, uh, they have no idea. I just know that it'll be awesome. So, yeah. I fair mean, enough. <laughs> that's pretty fair. <laughs> uh, let's see. I commented on this and someone else has something uh, similar to uh, what I want is uh, they want to know about Sorna, even if it's just a name drop. And that was from Brian McLean. Uh, I'm in the same boat. I want to hear something about Site B. I don't need to go there. I don't need to uh, have extended scenes there. I just want them to like be like, you know, where do we, where, you know, what do we do from here? Well, we could go over to Sorna and they'd be like, Oh no way. There's no way you'd get me on Sorna. Just something, mm-hmm. something along the lines of like, it's out there. It's too dangerous to go to. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been 20 some years and that Island has not been touched. Um, whereas Nublar has been, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like not manicured, I guess manicured. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it, it was taken care of and then went into disarray and then rebuilt again and taken care of again, uh, minus like some uh, parts beyond the fences that we don't really know about, like the restricted zone. But Sorna hasn't been touched in how many years? Like what what is that like? What have the animals evolved into? Like just something to fulfill my imagination would be great. Yeah, and and even even more so, like to legitimize the Lost World and Jurassic Park three again, because there there was that thing that people just assume that those movies don't matter anymore, that we're skipping over them, that they don't belong in the canon anymore, and stuff like that. So it would be good to at least have a nod or you know something like that to Site B, and maybe maybe even mention the fact that you know uh, that family got stuck there with the paleontologists or you know something like that, like just to kind of 
legitimize yeah, those movies. I mean, I don't I don't particularly care for Jurassic Park 3 all that much, but I do think the Spinosaur was really cool. Um, as far as like, you know, people not agreeing on the design, I thought the design was neat. I don't really care what a real Spinosaurus looks like. Like to me, these dinosaurs don't need to be a hundred percent scientifically accurate. No. Um, yeah, who cares? so I like the design of the Spinosaur. And as far as like saying that the lost world doesn't count, that's like, I don't know, man. Is that blasphemy to say that a Spielberg movie doesn't count? Like that's messed up. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. Yeah. I definitely want some kind of nod to site B. Yeah. Um, let's see. We have at DTD B35 says a nice clear shot of a big animatronic in motion. So that, I mean, that's something we assume is going to happen. I mean, like we kind of sort of know, I mean, I don't know what the extent is, but whether it's, you know, a neck up shot, like in Jurassic world or a full body that, you know, that would be awesome. But, uh, that's still, we've seen the, yeah, we've seen the the photos of people underneath like a, of a soundstage with, you know, puppeteers and stuff. And, um, I know it's super unpopular to say, but I look at Jurassic park three, um, and I hate like almost all those animatronics in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I thought the Spinosaur animatronic shots were absolutely terrible. Um, I just personally, and I know that because I'm a CG artist, I may be a little biased. So take what I say with a grain of salt. But like, I think movement is so much better in CG. I they could take out every animatronic, and I could care less. Um, I think mm-hmm. the CG today looks perfectly fine. Um, there are shots of the Indominus that. 100% look real um, yeah. in Jurassic World. So, you know, I get that there's a tradition of, of animatronics and puppets in the original movies, but um, to me, if it doesn't move right, then I would almost rather them have gone CG anyway. But yeah. that's just me. Um, super unpopular opinion. Don't don't send me hate, please, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can tell the difference. I mean, they don't blend as seamlessly as you'd hope. I mean, you can definitely blend them nicely in some areas but other times you can definitely tell the the t-rex is getting a little too wet and it's jittering you know like so there's moments like that but yeah i i'm okay if they they have full body you know shots of it um and i agree that the spinosaurus didn't look great in, in in jurassic park 3 but i don't know if that was specifically the animatronic or the the camera work because i feel like the camera I... work was really poor i'm sorry to say but you know joe johnson is a great you know director but something happened there i don't know there was a lot of like shaky cam that kind of tried to add some uh you know i don't know weight to them to the character but it didn't really work for me at least i think of shots like the spinosaur like gripping the t-rex's head like before it goes off camera or mm. like when the spinosaur like has its nose like face onto the camera inside that plane and yeah. all that stuff just felt so cheap to me and like when the pteranodon like turns to look at the camera I, it <laughs> had to have like been that? the camera work honestly um because it was stan winston studios doing the puppeteering at the time which it's not like they forgot how to do puppeteering right they were the yeah. they're the top in the in the industry so um maybe it was just the camera work and you know Trevorrow has gone on to say, like, we're going to use puppets, but if they don't look good, we're not using them. And I think that's a good attitude to have. You know, look at the the original stegosaur scene from The Lost World was supposed to be an animatronic stegosaur. And Spielberg showed up to set and was like, no, not doing it. You know, so, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I have a little bit of faith in these in these particular directors that they'll make the right decisions on when and when not to use animatronics. Yeah. Let's see. Do you have any other ones? Do you see any other ones here on Twitter? Uh, let's see. On Twitter... Um, I know someone here said I'm looking for it, but I can't seem to find it. That they just wanted like all the you know some new dinosaurs, which uh, you know I'm I'm totally on board with. Uh, I also am a stickler for the fact that the dinosaur count has never been rectified from the first movie. Like it's always different in every single movie. Yeah. Uh, but you know at this point we're so far removed from the original uh, series that we can go beyond the original. Uh, count i would say because you know who knows what we've been up to uh in the last 20 years exactly and this this might fall into that a little bit here uh agent sean bassett says jurassic world fallen kingdom will feature a genetic genetically modified hybrid of a raptor and jeff goldblum rampaging through london so maybe jeff goldblum's one of those those you know new new species (laughs) like from uh what was it what, what alien movie was it where she's been uh, genetically like attached to an alien or whatever and oh she's God. just like kill me kill me maybe it's uh, <laughs> maybe it's Goldblum and a dinosaur mixed together maybe <laughs> with uh, with uh, the horn rim glasses 
Um, there's there might be a few here. We, we've covered a lot of these characters. Um, so why don't we move over to Instagram? Okay. Uh, we got a lot of comments here as well. Um, yeah, here here is one that says it's this is Weenie Pooch says new dinosaurs of course. So like you just said. Um, uh, let's see, G G O L B E L A C. Sorry, I can't pronounce all these. Um, I'm prepared to be equally let down as I was with Jurassic World. So <laughs> that's that's a downer right there. <laughs> well, fair enough. And honestly, I have a feeling if you didn't like Jurassic World, you probably won't like its sequel. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about like more hybrids, which I I particularly would like for them to steer away from. Uh, I feel like that was a good plot device for a movie. I don't know if I want a trilogy based on that, but uh, I have a feeling we're getting more uh, based on things they've talked about or or have said, uh, you know, on social media. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I feel bad for the, whoever this is like, yeah, that kind of sucks. I hate the the fact that you didn't appreciate or didn't like this movie as much as some of us did, but I, I understand why, why some people maybe didn't like it, but hopefully, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that think this one might change people's minds for the last one or retroactively make them like Jurassic world or, you know, there's all kinds of theories out there as, as to how this one could be better and make people like the last one. I don't know if that'll happen, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know if this one can be better than, uh, you know, the original. Well, I shouldn't say the original. I don't know if it can be better than be better than Jurassic World. Jurassic World was a nice, fresh take on the franchise, even though it did repeat a lot of the the storylines and uh, themes of the original film. But um, I would assume that this one's going to be a bit darker, based on the poster and based on the way trilogies work. The the second one is usually a little bit darker than the original. Um, and even with the fact that their director they have this time around is a is a horror director, so um, typically, so you know who knows? Um, maybe the genre will kind of change up, like in the Aliens movies or like in the Terminators movies. Uh, maybe the genre will just be completely different this time around. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm expecting a little bit of a shift in genre, but uh, I, I mean, we don't know. <laughs> We're still up in the air, and every time I say like, "Oh, I don't know what, what to expect." I'm expecting like a trailer to drop anytime or somebody to describe what this movie is like. So that way I don't have to keep saying that. Like, you know, what is yeah. this movie? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I guess I see one here. Uh, Steel at cosplay says, I would love to see surprise like Alan Grant and Dr. Sattler in the film. Uh, since GP three is not Canon for Jurassic world, maybe they would be married finally and have some kids. There you uh, go. See, see what I mean? I, I don't see, I don't, to me, like, I, I never knew that Jurassic Park 3 wasn't canon. I know that it's got... It is. Uh, it is canon. It, it, there was just, just misleading article or something early on in, in Jurassic World that made people believe that it wasn't canon. Because, yeah, pe- there was because like people said, like, it was like, like we're not talking sequel. about the last two films. I'm like, that's something okay. Like that, you don't yeah. have to. It's a direct sequel to Jurassic Park. Not necessarily meaning we're, we're you know, removing those two other films. But it is a, kind of a direct sequel to Jurassic Park, that storyline, not the storyline of the other two movies. Yeah, it's almost like The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 are really more offshoots or spinoffs, which exactly. I'm fine with. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't directly – I don't know. See, I consider The Lost World to be a direct sequel. It was completely different than Jurassic Park. It wasn't the same like – you know, it wasn't rehashed like story. I thought it has a – I think it has a really cool tie to like the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Lost World. So to me, that's like a proper sequel. Um, it was – a bit of the same with a new story whereas i feel like jurassic world was more of the same like the same plot the same like i don't know everyone's surprised when the dinosaurs like break out and it's like well in the lost world they didn't break out like we went there and messed with them so uh i don't know i i have like a really deep love for that second movie um and even though the third one is riddled riddled with continuity errors um i i guess i kind of like that one too i don't know (laughs) um let's see let's move on here at indo or yeah at indoraptor underscore 2018 says i'm expecting a surprise in the trailer by the way also do you think jurassic world 2 may feature a post-credit scene so for the trailer uh, i mean I i hope there's no surprises in the trailer to be honest i mean i hope we get what we expect nothing more um and for a post-credit scene, I don't know. I, I I don't feel like this this is the type of franchise to do that. No, and you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I really hope that Jurassic World 2 is its own story 
um, completely wraps up. Doesn't need, doesn't feel the need to like advertise like another film coming up later. Um, that is to me wearing a little thin. Um, I, I, I can think about the Marvel movies I've seen like the last few. And like, to me, they're almost like, they're just setting things up for, uh, like the new Avengers films or whatever like that. So I just want movies to be their own story. Like, Mm -hmm. like wonder woman didn't have this, uh, you know, this ending scene to like set up the justice league. It was just like, Nope, this is wonder woman's story and you know, take it or leave it. Uh, we're not going to give you a tease for the next film. You know, I kind of like that. It's, it's nice old school filmmaking where, Hey, we're going to tell you a story and it's going to have a beginning, a middle and an end. And that's that. Yeah, which I just watched last night, so that was a uh, good timing there. Um, I, I yeah, I, I kind of went on. I went on my phone, picked it up after the movie, and I'm like, uh, post credit scene, Wonder Woman. I googled that, and it's like, Patty Jenkins describes why she didn't put a post credit scene in the. And I'm like, all right, cool, that's fine with me. I'm good with that. I don't need a tease, but I do like the Marvel ones as long as they're not like making fun of the audience. Because I feel like a few of them recently have been like, haha, you just stayed here for no reason. <clears throat> Yeah, kind of. Um, the, you know, there's some post credit scenes that I completely, you know, I don't really get on board with. Like, the, there's one at the end of Thor where there's just like a monster dog running around that he like fought in either an old movie or at the beginning of the second one. It's like, why? Like, this thing's just going to run around now and terrorize people and we're not going to know <laughs> like that just seems like bad heroing to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, there's so many to go through. I can't I kind of get lost every now and then. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I got one here that I really uh, completely agree with. Uh, and Deleuze 99 says the Carnotaur chameleon dot dot dot. Hopefully uh, if we got a Carnotaur in this new movie, that would be absolutely awesome. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite dinosaurs. If they colored it like the one or at least if it was a chameleon and they colored it like the one uh, from the, the Kenner line from the first movie or from the first uh, uh, run of toys, like the red and the black, man, that would be super cool. And, you know, along that line, I'm hoping that maybe we get a full size Dilophosaur, um, the 20 feet yeah. foot long, you know, one that that it really was. And, man, if you, you had a full size Dilophosaur and a big frill, just imagine the amount of venom that thing could spew and Oof. Uh, oh, it would be so good. <laughs> yeah, that I, I hope we do see that and and the Carnotaur as well. I think that thing's so deviling looking. It's just like it would be awesome to have um, different villains, I guess you could say, in a dinosaur species here. Um, but I, I do want to see, you know, the, the typical raptor and, and rex and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah, I don't disagree. I think we need to see the, t- the typical raptors and the rex. But, um, you know, there's there's always room for, for more and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, hopefully, maybe Mattel is is wanting this to be like kind of their Star Wars as far as like toys are concerned, and maybe Universal's like, "Hey, we'll give you some new dinosaurs to Have make fun. toys of." You know, yeah. everyone yeah. wins. Yeah, that would be awesome. I hope so. I mean, like I said before with the movie, we don't know anything yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, number this is a long one. Number one underscore Jurassic underscore World underscore fan page. Uh, something else. I, th- I think there's more. Would like to see Alan Grant's Gray, Zach, Dr. Sattler, and everybody else in the movies team up and accomplish whatever they are trying to accomplish in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, I mean, sure, but to me, that almost sounds like Fast and Furious. So, which I, you know, I love those movies and I love that, like, what was it, Fast Five took all those characters, a lot of the characters from the different movies you loved and brought them all together. I would I would kind of like that for Jurassic, but like I don't I don't see a need. I don't see a reason. But like just imagine like a, a scenario where like they're all getting together to complete a task and you have all <laughs> you just have like Ellie and, and Sarah and uh I don't even know who's left, Nick and just like all these people coming together, Zach and Gray for some reason. Like they all have their own specialties to do something and then they take down some dinosaurs. It would be absolutely crazy, unnecessary and dumb, but it kind of sounds fun. <laughs> you know, it's almost like uh I wouldn't mind completely 100% out of canon, of course, but I would <laughs> absolutely pay to go see I would go see a movie that is Fast and the Furious meets Jurassic Park meets uh you know the mummy meets like all these other crazy universal franchises. If they just wanted to if they if it just wanted to be like Universal presents franchise movie and it was it was just all these crazy franchises thrown together for one epic crazy movie um and it was completely out of canon but like you know uh the actors all showed up and and were in it and uh 
kind of like know, the Lego writer movie out there came of, up with a crazy idea to bring them all together. I'd go see that movie for sure. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the Lego movie of, of live action in a way, like where you get so much stuff together and just like just have fun with it for no reason. It doesn't. Yeah, like it doesn't adhere to any storylines or anything. It's just like, let's take all these interesting people and put them together. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, why not? Uh, you know, franchise movies are really big right now. But if Universal were to come out and say, like, look, Universal Monsters isn't kind of working out. Jurassic Park is working out. Uh, Fast and Furious is working out. we got some other things that we'd like to throw in there. Like, why not, man? Like, let's, of, let's just do it. Sort of like how they wanted to, and which I don't believe they're doing anymore, but the uh, the Men in Black uh, 21 Jump Street, you know, crossover. They were going to do that for a long time, and I think it fell off. But um, that would that would have been really strange and interesting, but I probably would have absolutely loved it. <laughs> Yeah, just something, just something to kind of harken back to, like when we were kids and we used to like mash up all of our action figures together, and yeah, um, you know. But it, it would just have to be so insane that it could not have any bearing whatsoever on any of the other franchises or movies. It would just have to be a one-off. Uh, let's have fun, yeah, with these characters. Um, let's see. We have uh, Ectogaza here says Eric Kirby working for Biosyn and John Hammond cryogenically frozen. Um, I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, all for it if it happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eric Kirby's uh, been. I'll been tell you a what. I'll, I'll take time. that in my one-off movie. I, I don't need <laughs> Eric Kirby back, uh, especially Ever? tied yeah. in somehow to Biosyn. Um, I get that he survived on the island for eight weeks by himself or whatever, but you know. Yeah, he's uh, it, like he's the guy that in the in that movie. Like his name comes up on the screen. It's like Eric Kirby, the survivalist. And he, he just like he's like the guy that survives any situation. Throw him in and they're take just care like, hey, we should like give Eric Kirby a call. And everyone's like, who? <laughs> who's, who's who's that? Yeah. Who? It's like, oh, well, he survived on an island with dinosaurs for eight weeks. It's like, OK, never good. heard of it. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> All right. Whatever. Um, Easton underscore K underscore 67 says the Ludlow's return. Um, I don't, I mean, we only know one Ludlow, right? Like, like Peter, like Peter Ludlow, <laughs> I guess so. But we only know like one if, Ludlow. I'll tell you what, in my one-off movie, he can come back with like a Terminator arm uh-huh. and, uh, or whatever it is. Like he got eaten. Didn't but, he, didn't he do that already? Like, or something in the I, comics? Oh, it's I forget exactly. Con- but. Oh, let's not even, we don't need <laughs> We don't need to talk about that whole that whole debacle that is the newer comics for yeah. Jurassic Park. Oh, they're just so they're so bad. <laughs> Unpopular opinion, down. maybe. I don't know. I don't think they're good. I couldn't read past the first one. I, I you know, I haven't had a chance to read through all of them, so I'm, I'm behind on the game there. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Do you see any more? I'm I'm running down. There's a few more, I think. Uh, I don't think so. Um, every you know yeah, a, lot got of, a, few uh, a lot of people just commenting and, on yeah. other things uh, here. Um, something about the Telltale game. I think it would be interesting to reference the Telltale game by introducing the True Don, and that's by uh, Guaca Flaca. <laughs> um, yeah somehow referencing the telltale game would actually be really cool uh if they maybe came across like that mosasaur mosasaur um like encounter or like the trudon would be really cool um i think it would just be like a nice replacement for like the compies maybe but it's been a while since we've had compies so it would be nice to maybe see smaller dinosaurs too yeah yeah i agree that that thing was kind of terrorizing looking so well, let's let's have all and like you said we need more um I want to move over to Facebook here so we don't take up too much time. But uh, um, Thomas Fishenden, who who is here on the podcast a lot, he says Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm reunited. So, I mean, that would be that moment that you wanted in The Force Awakens, you know, with with Han maybe meeting uh, Luke again. But it didn't happen. Hopefully none of that kind of comes into play <laughs> in the Jurassic world. But uh I could, I could, you know, go for them reuniting in some sense. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where or when. Maybe in the next movie. I feel like, like I said before, save something for the next one. Yeah, or you know, in my highly anticipated, highly wanted mm-hmm. courtroom scene where they're somehow, you know, debating the the merits of, you know, what do they do with the island now that it's abandoned again? You know, um, this yeah. is obviously a a twenty year plague on Costa Rica having to deal with. Uh, these islands of dinosaurs, you know, there's there's got to be some kind of merit of 
of the government wanting to just be done with it, go in and just yeah. destroy it and have their land back without people dying. Imagine like a, a you know Grant's on the stand and we don't see it. We just like hear a courtroom thing going on in the background and, and you're following maybe Ian Malcolm for a second with the camera. And then Malcolm walks into a courtroom. Grant comes down off the stand and walks by Malcolm, makes a passing comment. Malcolm gets up on the stand and talks about something. That could be interesting. Like a, it's literally not even like a scene. It's just like, uh, yeah, good luck with these, you know, fools or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of like if there's any way to incorporate or incorporate like the scene from the end of the book where um, all the original survivors are – are like what was it they kept him at a hotel um while they recovered mm-hmm. um on the mainland so that you know they could make sure that they were not going to talk or, or not mess up their ndas or, or whatever it was but all those actors now are, are quite a bit older um so there would definitely have to be some uh digital reconstruction to all their faces uh oh, to maybe have a really scene cool. like that yeah um to kind of flash back to after jurassic park actually that would be really awesome like an after jurassic park scene um you know flashing back to the original uh, you know, and, and maybe we could get, uh, you know, Sarah Harding in there, you know, when she meets Malcolm or something like that, that would be kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and the last one, Adam Buller here says spitters having a decent role in the film, aside from a, a hologram. So yeah, you kind of brought that up already. So a decent role that would be, you know, having the bigger one would be amazing. Yeah. If we like, you know, maybe, maybe just two, like, I don't, I don't want to heard of them like in the telltale game where there was like, a dozen of them, all the wrong size, by the way, uh, running around <laughs> chasing people. But yeah, if there was like, you know, one or two, like in the book, they they kind of come up on the spitters, um, the Dilophosaurus, while they're like in their like mating dance ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be kind of neat to maybe incorporate that scene. Um, you know, maybe maybe they just happen to come across that and they like interrupt, and that's going to lead to two pretty angry animals. So, yeah. uh, you know, maybe a scene like that would be cool. Yeah, I think we got um, a lot of really good answers. And like always, everybody here in the community is awesome at responding, sending in all their thoughts and stuff like that. So thank you again here for, for sending everything in and commenting. And stay tuned. I'm sure we'll, we'll come up with more. Like like I said, I think maybe did I mentioned in the beginning, we haven't done this in a while. Um, I try to keep tabs on all the questions I ask and stuff so we don't repeat stuff too much. But I like this. I like uh, finding out what people want to know. Yeah, you know, um, episodes that I've been planning on working on, I know I'm trying to incorporate the audience more. Um, and, and part of that is really just thinking ahead of time. Uh, you know, we want everyone out there to, to feel like they're definitely a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is fun to have your answers read and and, and kind of like have this conversation uh, with the audience. And, and so for us, it's really just a matter of planning ahead. So if there's anything out there that you guys all want to know about, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us and, and hopefully we can cover it on the show. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Aaron, for joining me. And uh, let's head out of the poll segment here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 117th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to Arjun for the audio this week for Extinction Level. I absolutely love the fan interaction in Episode 7. It's pretty amazing if you think about it, what Arjun has been able to do. You know, gathering some really awesome people from around the community to work together on such a cool project. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for more. Also, thanks to Steve, Jennifer, and Lucas for the awesome Jurassic Pop quiz segment this week. I feel like we really need to turn this into a regular thing here because I honestly died from just how cute that was. Anyway, thanks again, guys, and I hope to hear more. Of course, a big thanks to everybody who submitted answers to the poll segment this week. There is already so much to look forward to with Fallen Kingdom, but some of these reveals that you're all hoping for would be pretty killer, so let's keep our fingers crossed. I can't forget to thank Aaron Beyer who joined me in reading off all the answers today. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. 
You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you could submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.